0: Welcome to the Rad Season Podcast. I'm Ollie russell Cowan, and I'm stoked to be joined this week by podcaster, journalist, speaker, and founder of We Are LA Tech, Esprit Devora. Esprit started off her entrepreneurial journey out of college building Zex Sports, a digital media company focused on connecting brands with the emerging youth market through action sports. Esprit went on to create We Are LA Tech, a platform that unifies the LA Tech ecosystem through her We Are LA Tech podcast, a localized Silicon Beach community event calendar and offline experiences. She is also the producer and host of the Women in Tech podcast, sharing stories of actionable empowerment and inspiring listeners to believe that if she can do it, so can I, which Esprit calls actionable empowerment. Esprit is a leading voice in the tech industry and a powerful advocate for women in tech listed as one of Inc. Magazine's top 30 in tech to follow and recognized by Harper's Bazaar as one of the top 10 podcasters to listen to. As a speaker and panel moderator, Esprit has spoken for numerous corporations, including Disney, CBS, and South by Southwest. We're going to be chatting to Esprit about why she started Zex Sports, becoming a podcaster before it was trendy, Lessons learned from building startups and helping founders, finding purpose, her love for writing and journalism, and loads, loads more. Let's jump into it. Hi. Hey, it's free. Hey.
1: How are you doing? Yay, we're live. <laughs> we're
0: live. Good to, yeah, good, to have you, good to have you on the show. We've been trying to, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, arrange this for so a understanding. While. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. As I mentioned pre-recording, I'm ecstatic right now. <laughs>
0: This is oh, rad.
1: Good. And, <laughs> and what's been happening recently? So yeah,
0: you 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 were just saying you've been trying to sort of, yeah, you know, I guess sort of qu- quieten things down, right? Yeah. Bit.
1: So okay, so I built. So my claim to fame is I built the first action sports social network. So it was like me, Mark Zuckerberg, Tom from MySpace is very exciting. The majority of my career was very hustle, drive, hustle, drive, go, 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 go. There's this movie called Go, uh, for years ago that like Katie Holmes was in. I feel like it's a representation of my life. Like go, 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 go constantly. <laughs> and I I there would be days that I'd be crying in my office from exhaustion or just not knowing how to move the next step, but I would still go and persevere through that exhaustion, you know? And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs and and founders share. And this year and just coming into it, there was a period a few years ago where I couldn't walk for five months and um, I didn't know if I'd be able to walk. I could walk, but it was like excruciating pain. Like it was, really bad. Like even, you know, showering was really hard. It it was just a really difficult time, but also a blessing, a blessing. And I hope that I never have to experience that again, but thank you for the lessons. And so that was like the first major thing that was like, okay, if I don't take care of my body, the universe is going to take my body down. And, um, that's kind of like the initial steps that I started to prioritize, uh, being well but i had to undo like years of habits of just go 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 which are hard and so the newest thing this is like a couple years ago now so it's been a work in progress but the mm-hmm. newest thing i'm moving into is this thing called micro actions it's kind of like james clear talks about in atomic habits i didn't really get it from him um i actually got it from group therapy um where someone in my group therapy was like just just put one sock away. I was like how is putting one sock away going to clean the house? They're like just put one sock just one. Just do one. Yeah. And then what happens in that very silly micro action, you actually end up doing a lot more and it's been really fascinating and it takes away from the overwhelm and and it also allows so much space to ask myself am i okay? Like, how's my body feel right now? Am I stressed out? Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel vibrant? And Ali, I've entered into this, this like state of, um, it sounds so LA woo woo, but like this state of vibrancy where like, I, I, I legit feel my vibration in the world. And I've been just, Side note but relevant I've been listening to this podcast called Major Frequency that's absolutely phenomenal and mm-hmm. he talks about Tesla saying um frequency vibr uh, vibra- let's see vi- frequency vibration energy and I feel that I fe- I'm like I am channeling some shit when I'm in this state of just like calm like I'm actually being more driven than when I was being driven because my energy in the calm and the quiet is attracting everything I need and want. It's super, it sounds super woo woo, but I just feel the difference. So I'm still doing my best to un- undo, you know, years long of these like hustle habits. But, mm-hmm. um, but I love it when I feel that way and everything is just so much better. I'm kinder to people. People are kinder to me. Like everything just works out. And then when I'm, not there and I'm like we're hustle hustle go 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 I feel frantic tired stressed negative thought spiraling so anyway the long-winded version answer yeah (laughs) and it's kind of like
0: I mean you don't even realize that it's happening I mean that's what I've found and I'm sure like a lot of other founders and and entrepreneurs you kind of you get on this hamster wheel of like constantly feeling that you've got to be like productive and multitasking yeah exactly productive it should be a bad
1: word yeah yeah
0: yeah like balancing all these like juggling all these balls in the air and then all of a sudden you know it's sort of it's taking you off and you're sacrificing things like your health or family whatever it may be right yeah
1: yeah Um, so yeah this is the year of micro actions and um being still being quiet Um, It doesn't mean I won't be my own form of driven. I don't know what that will look like yet going into future months of this year, because right now I'm just all in on the quiet and still like I I was sharing. I am so excited to be on your show, Um, but I'm not. On shows right now, like I'm not, I'm pretty much like everyone's getting a no, but like Ollie Rad <laughs> gets a yes, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah,
0: yes, yeah. stoked to have you on, and um, <laughs> I mean, are, are you okay? Sort of like talking about like that first company and, yeah. and how that all started, um I'm mean, where did the where did the interest come from? I mean, were you kind of like into all those sports and
1: yeah, yeah my... how did it all begin? Yeah, I mean, my dad really got me into action sports. I he wasn't an athlete, but we were just like into old cars and he would take me to the skate park and he would take me to motocross events. Motocross was like the best. Watching the demolition oh my gosh, it was like (laughs) the best. And so, I've never been a pro athlete. I mean, I have like 10 skate decks and they're like, it's ridiculous, you know. But I mean, my friends they can do some gnarly things. I, I am not, I'm, I just feel the culture of it. Like I grew up with the culture of it and I love it. And I feel being, um, an action sports athlete. I don't know too much about traditional sports. I only know about action sports. I feel like being an action sports athlete is very much like being a founder. We take these chances and we sacrifice our life, um, to entertain, to inform, to inspire. And it's, um, and it's a huge sacrifice. And, you know, action sports athletes sacrifice literally their lives. Like, uh, whenever they go out to perform, they could die. They could become disabled. It's it's just insane. But the the love of the craft, of the art, of the passion is so connected to our spirit and soul. It's like, just we're going to go out there and do it anyway. And, yeah. yeah. and And in that way, like, I do think... When you're a true founder, I think there's a lot of hype around being a founder now and has been for a few years. But when I started, it was not the cool thing to be a founder. Okay. I was just deeply curious and deeply passionate about technology, about action sports, about, you know, and I just, I wanted to merge my worlds together. And so I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if people around the world into action sports could connect with one another? Yeah. <laughs> so not, now it's like whatever but back then it was like crazy <laughs> and this is
0: before like so it's it's pre-facebook and stuff right so it was was my it was, around, it was around, the same, was that around the same time
1: yeah it was around okay. the same time yeah i was just like i would yeah i was crazy i i did so many wild things that i'm so proud of but they were crazy okay so you know why combinator Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I went to the very first Y Combinator before it was Y Combinator. It was called startup school. They might, they actually do have a digital version or something now, but this was just like a thing. I think it was at Stanford and it was sold out. And I was like, no, it was free, but sold out like at capacity. And I was like, no, I have to, I don't even know how I found it, but I was like, I have to go. I have to meet other people like me. This, like, I have to go, and so I just like drove there and hoped that um, there's a lot more stuff that went on in between. But I don't want to run up your uh, podcast feed. But like, what <laughs> no, right. I, 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 well, I had a lot of challenges in driving there, which were really funny, and I was like nothing is going to get in the way of my destiny. <laughs> and I just, I just did it anyway. And I drove there and I hoped that if someone didn't show up, um, I would be able to get their empty seat and it worked out that way. But the challenges that happened in between were, were quite interesting and I'm really proud that I didn't let anybody stop me. Yeah.
0: And so like when, when you got in then and then like,
1: like Oh my gosh, it was what happened? Like, how was it? It was like, all oh, these developers. I'd never met, you know, people like me. Like, I had my business partner who I met through my. It was my best friend's cousin, you know? Like that was it. Like I didn't I didn't meet people. It was so all these people who code. And I was like,, <gasps> like it was crazy. It was a mystical <laughs> land. It was amazing. And that's where I met Mark Zuckerberg and he was building Facebook. and um, and i I should never be an investor because I told him he should. Um, I was like, you'll never take over my space. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I obviously <laughs> should, I don't have good, <laughs> good future venture capital skills, but, um, boy, was I wrong, but it's crazy that, that also, that memory also reminds me always follow up. It it shows you how important follow-up is. And, and I mm. don't mean inauthentically, I'm, I'm definitely not a, um, what's it called? Like, I'm not a clout chaser, like a, a ladder I'm not one of those people that like talks to people to get somewhere, but in general, in general, if you're authentically connecting with someone and in my opinion, it should always be authentic. Like just have a really strong follow-up game. Like you don't know what's going to happen. And if you genuinely like someone and you're having great conversation, just make sure you have a great system as a founder to like follow up regularly or else um, Mm -hmm. you may have missed connections in the future. Yeah. And would you, would you say, were you doing that back then
0: or that's something uh, you learned? Like,
1: no, I've learned and still fail to apply. Well, like it's just (laughs) terrible. Yeah, I know it, but I'm just like, I call myself an artist of human connection and I am so an artist. I'm like everywhere. I'm like floating around, like, (laughs) you know, in the ether, I'm like an artist first and a business person second. So yeah, my, my operational abilities though i'm skilled at them and know how to do them i don't always apply them <laughs> okay
0: and, and what was what was the goal of going there was that then to meet people that you thought would then develop like were you there to kind of meet developers or meet investors or both um, or just kind of be involved in sort of what was going on at the time
1: let's i guess see i don't remember the timeline but i don't think i really understood what an investor was so and it wasn't like you understood even words like developers or anything, you know, like I sort of pre all that, wasn't it? It wasn't like, I'm you know, just like in love trendy with tech. To, yeah. yeah. Like I wasn't a fashionable
0: like, thing to, you know, no,
1: it wasn't fashionable. To just go and go start
0: our own business. And yeah,
1: like I did crazy things. Like I was deep in debt and I discovered, I don't know if it still exists. I imagine it still does Um, a conference called ad tech. And okay. I was just, I was just like, that's so fucking cool. I have to go. And I just put it on a credit card and went to New York. And then there was this like surf award show going on. And, um, and, and I snuck in and you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. like, to me, this world is like this crazy epic adventure if we allow it to be. And so I just like create my life. And so to answer your question, going to the thing, I wasn't like chasing something. I was adventuring. I was just like, yeah. I'm building. It looks like those people are building. Like, I mean, I don't even know know if I knew the word building, you know, like I, I just was doing shit. I was doing rad shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then it's sort of, well, I guess these ideas, then you kind of, you feed off, feed off the energy and then the people you meet and then, you know, you get inspiration from what they're doing. Right. And then that kind of then can go these different ways. And.
1: You know, I mean, I don't know if I was inspired by what, what they were doing because I remember at the time, my greatest inspiration was Richard Branson and later on uh, Tony Shea. But like, I feel like it was just cool to meet other people like me, like not necessarily what they were working on, just like that. They understood how I see the world. You know, it just feels great to feel seen like I think it must be so difficult people who are married or dating someone like a founder who is married or dating someone who's not a founder because it's really hard to understand how we see the world and the risks that we take and why we take those risks and how beautifully delusional we are um <laughs> in the most practical, unrealistic ways <laughs> yeah. um, if you're not a founder, and so it just felt good to be around other people who get my identity yeah
0: and then would you reckon that was sort of that was the main reason why you started that action sports social platform then to kind of almost like surround, like i don't know if it was subconsciously or just to find out about cool stuff going on or surround yourself with those people and,
1: and oh well i i started so my actual company was a scuba diving company. So, okay. Go back. It was, I was a a yacht. I was a receptionist at, at a yacht, um, at a yacht brokerage house. And one of the, one of the sales guys owned an eBay business. And I was reading a whole bunch of books on how to invest into real estate. And, um, this led me to like, learn about technology and like, and like, Things that were possible. It wasn't easy back then. It, it was mm-hmm. like really foreign, and this guy had an and eBay was like the jam, or it became like the thing. Anyway, yeah. like I went to one of the first eBay conferences. It was and it was epic, you know, like tech <laughs> conferences, but like old school. And so, anyway, I bought this guy's eBay business off of him. He was a very successful, yacht. It was like his hobby thing. So I bought it, and I mm-hmm. and I'd never been scuba diving, and I got all this. I put all these scuba diving accessories in my apartment and i was just like <laughs> and i was just like okay now i have to figure out how to sell these things you know and anyway that that's a it's whole uh, other story but i had formed this mentor at the time and she goes you don't even know how to scuba dive you've never been like you love skateboarding you love surfing why don't you just build an action sports company <laughs> i was like yeah. It's probably a better idea. So I ended up transforming that scuba diving business into what I love. And yes, like I just thought it'd be, I love travel. I'm a backpacker. I've been to over a hundred countries. And so I just, the idea of, you know, meeting people around the world, like me, like uh, into the same action sports and everything and Italy and Kazakhstan. And it didn't matter, like just to find people like me around the world just seems so cool and if i could build technology to make that happen i just thought that'd be so great
0: and and, and what did you then build then like what what was the kind of so once it sort of switched over to Um, then?
1: i built a social network i mean now that's boring but then it wasn't um my my best friend's cousin um who later became one of the lead like uh i don't know his exact title like maybe co-founder of box do you know box the file sharing company okay it's like dropbox but it's box mm -hmm. yeah um he he later went on to build that with aaron um but first he built my company with me and it was like it it was just figuring it out i don't even know how to describe it like i mean i'm sure i was inspired by myspace you know like yeah and then and then facebook was dangling but i remember facebook ads were like three cents or something and only you could only access it as a college student and like it was like the secret underworld (laughs) and we would do these surveys (laughs) on facebook (laughs) anyway so like yeah i don't know grab some
0: college students to do some ads and like
1: you know i don't (laughs) it was just this different time like i don't even i feel like I probably let it as an artist because we do these, I'd find these designers and we do these mock-ups and I don't, it's like everything was new. Like I was creating, I was creating from my fantasy. Like it wasn't, I didn't have words for a lot of like, even the word mock-up. I don't even know if I knew that word then I was just like, I need someone to draw this thing, you know, like draw my vision. Uh, At the time, I leaned on, do you know Andrew Warner from Mixergy? Have you heard of Mixergy? Um, it was no. one of it's a, it's one of the like or the original like podcast and video podcast. And he had all these business interviews. So I feel like I leaned a lot on like learnings from Mixergy and then mm-hmm. books that Richard Branson wrote. Like those were my two places where I sourced the very little that I knew. Um, everything else was a treasure hunt. Like, um, later I ended up meeting with the largest venture capitalist in the world, Sequoia Capital. How did I do that? I read Sequoia, I didn't know what venture capitalist was. I read that Sequoia Capital helped, um, YouTube get acquired by Google. I was like, well, if they can do it, like, I can too. So I looked up the Sequoia Capital website. They're like, you need a business plan. And they had a little resource thing of how to write a business plan. So I wrote a business plan from their website. And they're like, you need this, you need that. Did all those things. I read everybody's bio, emailed all of them. I didn't know any of them. No one got back to me. I was like, fuck it. I bought a plane ticket, flew to San Francisco, borrowed my friend's car, drove to uh, drove to. Um, Wherever like they're located, Silicon Valley, um, and walked into Sequoia Happy with this business plan that I made like by hand with like construction paper and stuff, you know. <laughs> and I asked for this guy that like resonated with me and my and just again back to the in my vibration, literally from reading these bios on a website, I just felt like, and the receptionist goes. Hey, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for, you know, so-and-so. And she's like, is he expecting you? And I'm like, well, I sent the email and then he came out and he met with me. Really? was insane. That's and awesome. then, and he said something, I don't remember the exact words, but something like you have a lot of guts. And I didn't know. I remember even on the plane flying back, this guy was like. Uh, I, oh no, I remember. I was dry, I was flying there, and this guy, he's like, Why are you going to San Francisco? I'm like, I'm meeting with Sequoia Capital. He's like, How'd you get that meeting? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, You need to know someone who knows someone. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just am, <laughs> you know? And then it's like a vibration, you know? And then he introduced me to my first mentor, who's amazing. She's like amazing. She taught me the word executive summary. She's like, do you have an executive summary? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> like, you know. So she taught me how to write one of those. And then within weeks, I was pitching to 30 investors and pa- I practically passed out. It was crazy. Like everything was just this like game, but like not in a dark way and like the most yeah. in the best way. You know, I feel a-, a lot of people now play games in a dark way. I I, p- I play the game of light, you
0: know. It sounds like you're really confident right? I mean, just to do that, just to go in and like what that guy said, he's like, how did you, how did you get the meeting? It's kind of like, yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, I think I probably do come off confident, but I don't feel confident on the inside. I just, if we're going to live this life, I want to fiercely enjoy the life I'm living. So it's not so much confidence. It's just, being allergic to not enjoying my life. Yeah. You know? And so like even right now like my dream since I was a little girl is to be a respected impactful author. And I I've never truly done that. I've signed up for the things like the book writing courses and I've written this and written that, but I've never truly done the work like true i i mean okay so i wrote a draft of a book which i hear is big that like i completed the draft i don't particularly feel like it's big but people told me do you understand that that's a huge accomplishment i'm like yeah yeah okay whatever <laughs> but i don't feel that i've truly done the work to become this dream or find out if this dream can be a reality or if i even truly enthusiastically enjoy the dream because sometimes the fan actually a lot of times the fantasy is better than the reality, you know? And so like these days, I I'm really pushing myself. It's why I've been writing so many LinkedIn posts. Like, like I'm like, Esprit, you are not writing for an algorithm. You are writing because your dream is to be a writer. Who cares if someone clicks the thumb? Who cares if the robots Show it to everyone. You are writing to like to because you love writing, and just trust in the universe. You will track the right people who will see it if this is if this is truly what's meant for you. You know, and so yeah, I I, I going back to confidence. It's just that I I push myself because if if I truly want to be uh, uh, an author, like a real full-time author one day the only way to get there is to do the work and if I don't do the work and don't take the steps and take the chances and all this stuff if I just sign up for the things but I don't take the actions I'll never find out yeah so yeah I feel I don't feel very confident inside but I definitely live my life with a lot of vigor
0: and I mean like being an author is that something I mean like were you did you do journalism or anything like that or mm-hmm. did you study like i
1: did okay and most people don't know that um i became a high school journalist my high school journalism teacher nicknamed me press kit she forced me to uh <laughs> to call celebrities in production houses and interview the celebrities i was scared shitless she's amazing <laughs> Um, and then she sent me to Cal Poly in high school to do a journalism program. Um, uh, so I got to do this college level journalism program while I was still in high school, which is so exciting. And um, then I wrote for a lot of media publications, but it's always been this kind of like secret, like behind the scenes part of my life. Um, yeah. But, yeah, ever since I was a little girl, I've just been writing. I'd write short stories. I graduated college with a creative writing degree. Um, yeah, everything about my – I suppose my personal life has been about writing. Yeah.
0: Okay. And why do you reckon that was, like, then, like, a secret? Like, why do you sort of
1: – I still I feel know. like it's a secret. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's – I don't know. I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or I don't know. It's just, okay, when I write, when I'm writing, like truly writing, when I feel like I'm a writer, I feel like the words are just coming from the universe and flowing through me. I don't know. It's not this commercial thing. It's not this capitalism thing. It's not a thought leadership thing. it's, It's just channeling an energy. And I don't know. I just, There's no just sort feels... of hidden,
0: hidden agendas or anything like that, right? It's just kind of no. you're just writing for you,
1: yeah, and hoping that my writing is impactful for even if one person read it, you know, and 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 I'm hoping my writing is unique enough that it's not like someone else's writing and all that, you know. I don't know, and I just feel it feels so right now. I'm still in the space where it feels so impossible that this dream could be true. I remember one time I w- it, it the dream to be a full-time writer could be true. One time I was um sitting on a rock. I don't remember what country I was in, but I, I had picked up one of these like smutty novels, you know, <laughs> like in the in the airport or something. And um it was this like silly novel about this mom and her smuddy it wasn't smutty, but you know, like these silly like Yeah. Uh yeah. It was about this mom and um, she had two daughters, and the mom was very much like me. She was like really driven, working, and all this stuff. One of the daughters was an academic, and one of the daughters was a writer. And the academic would always make fun of of her sister, and um, and the sister would always feel like she wasn't enough or something. And I and the mother, it's funny because I resonated with both the mother being a driven businesswoman, and then the writing daughter constantly questioning if her stuff was like good enough, you know? And then the, the mother, the mother said, you, you must allow yourself to like go after your dream to like find out what's possible. And I was like, Oh my God, I must. And it was like the two people in my head, the tech founder person and the writer, yeah. the tech founders like, nah, cause I have so much more control as a founder, even though we don't have control. I do have a lot more control. And it just feels, or at least it feels like I have more. I don't know. It feels, it's a different. It's too different. So I'm like, come on, go after the dream. And the tech founder is like, no, I need to. <laughs> no, I don't know. So it just you can combine
0: like, it though, or, or, or were you sort of thinking that like it, it's two separate worlds? So it's either like you're I don't kind know. of.
1: Sometimes I'm like I could combine it, and I they, I do combine it because I, a lot of times I write about my journey as a founder, and then um, and then sometimes. Sometimes like, okay, I've been off social media for two months now and I've done this in the past, but I just deleted all apps and like, I love it. Like, it's great. I'll come back because it's part of my profession and and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I think overall that like, I call it clicky, hustly energy. It's so toxic, (laughs) you know? And I just this world of this fantasy of being a full time author, it means I don't ever have to be clicky hustly ever again. Is is my fantasy. Did you go you off know? everything?
0: Did you or was it just like a couple of social apps? Um
1: everything except for LinkedIn, <laughs> because yeah. I don't I don't have like a weird addiction to LinkedIn. And I if I notice like that, I'll start with the a clicky hustly on LinkedIn, which actually last couple of days I've noticed it. Um I'll stop. But <laughs> Um, I really I really like I don't know, I like LinkedIn because I could write my posts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's not so I don't know, if so, some some of the others, like Instagram, it's yeah, it like exactly what you said, right? It can be pretty toxic and yeah. You can sort of you just end up comparing and or just, just stupid totally. stuff that you yeah. just like, oh man, I don't or you just wait you're just wasting time. Funny you just yeah. like sort of the whole doom scrolling thing and yeah, it's good to have a reset, yeah. I
1: like. think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been great. I feel like my brain is healing and I, somebody who was, it It was someone famous said, and it was actually um, Ryan Holiday's assistant who wrote the post about it said that in the nothingness is where our creativity evolves. And if we don't take space to, just be still. Then, how will our creativity flourish? And I have not written as much as I've been writing in years, and it's ever since I stopped using social media. I even deleted YouTube. Yeah. Oh my god, my YouTube addiction was next level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and so now, like, then, do, like, are you sort of? are you going back to them or are you sort of looking at it as like, okay, like you use them occasionally or you kind of maybe, no,
1: I'll go back, but I think I'll go back in a more thoughtful manner. I really respect how both Neil Strauss and James Clear utilize social media. Um, James Clear has a brilliant Instagram and it's just passages from his book. And Neil Strauss um, shares his, his tweets, I think and his quotes, and these are both authors. I, I, I'll go, but I think I just want to have more boundaries around it. I don't know what it will look like when I go back, but I know it will be more um, health minded in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, what is like, why am I showing up to these things and what exactly am I posting here? And how is this, how is this serving me in a, with a cadence and a thoughtfulness and also bringing value to people exposed to it. So like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is yet, but like a, a a hypothetical, for example, which is not, this is not what I want to do, but it's as close as I could get to kind of expressing the concept is like, if people want to learn about, oh, that sounds so gross, even saying it out loud, but whatever. Like if people want to learn about podcasting, then all my content is about podcasting, but I'm not trying to be like, see, I'm not, I just want to be a writer. So it's like, what's that look like? Like a writer in a greater sense. So. I don't know. Even saying that sentence right now is—it's just, like, just like so thoughtly. It's like ugh, just get over yourself. Like everyone just needs to get over themselves on social media. No one's that great, yeah. you know. Like we're all <laughs> just living a human experience. Like calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. And um, speaking about podcasting, um, I guess that's quite a good. Good little segue in, into that. I mean, so you were like a really early adopter.
1: Yeah, great. You right? know
0: before you know every every man and his dog had a podcast yeah. and so sort of started yeah. one and, um and this is kind of going back was it like 2012 2013
1: or something yeah so I conceived it, it of it and so I built so okay my action sports social network um, got hacked and um it was very difficult to I, I'm not a coder I just know enough to okay. break things so um it got hacked and at the time it was uh, in a place of transition um because sam had um like uh, amicably moved on. He he wasn't into sports and he was he was really like nerdy and wanted to build like a nerdy company, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I get it. Like <laughs> Like it's cool. He's like, is it okay if I like? Do-? I'm like, yeah, go do that. It makes like more sense for who you are, you know. So uh, he was very helpful in in between. He's like, okay, make sure to learn about like Ruby. da He was he was amazing. So um, so uh, in this in between phase, like I got hacked and I didn't. It's actually how I ended up meeting my next business partner. Um, but I didn't know what to do. And in, by the time I was able to get everything back under control, social, social networking was Mm -hmm. like just taking off. Like it was, I was like, all right, now, like now I'm behind, you know? And so I, um, and this was around the time that I was meeting with Sequoia and, um, I ended up meeting one of my first advisors and he was like, you need to be like the CNN of action sports. And, and I, so I took my high school journalism background. It's so funny, speaking of journalism. And I just created a media company. And I like did a casting call for hosts. I didn't know what a casting call was. I literally was just piecemealing everything. And then I, use, I, I went on Craigslist and I found videographers. I was like, are you the people that like hold a camera? And then I like found editors. I was like, do you put music on the video? Like, is that what an editor does? Like, I knew nothing. I just like, this life is one big gnarly adventure, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I built this action sports media company and I'm so proud of the videos we shot hundreds of skate videos, surf videos, snow video. It was like amazing. We got to shoot with like Tony Hawk and Sean White and Ryan Sheckler. And like, it was just about Nigel Houston. It was like crazy. We were at the the Maloof money cup. It was like, it was like amazing. Um, fucking greatest time. Oh my God. Everything about it's fucking, I would do it all over again. Okay. So then, um, Best team ever. Oh, it was just so great. Okay, so then, um, so passionate. That's where I built my abilities to produce video and shoot video and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was actually during that time that at the Trans World um Awards Show, somebody goes. Um, what do you do? I was like, I don't know. You know, I just do things, and and they're like, you're a producer. I'm like, what's that? Like, what's a producer? (laughs) You know? And I think I think I am. Um, but I I didn't know. You know, totally self taught. So, um, so then in the in the future, I um when um I wanted to, I missed utilizing that talent I had, and so I wanted to celebrate um L A tech companies, and I believe that was 2012. So I partnered with a videographer to um, shoot and we shot 12 episodes. And unfortunately that person didn't share the same work ethic I had and just wanted the access to the people, but didn't actually okay. want to complete the work. Um, And so we had these like 12 like undone episodes and it broke my heart and I, it was shot with multiple cameras and everything. So it's not something that I could just, and I'm not an editor. I, I, I just know what to look for, but I don't know how to do all the things, you know, it's very, it's a beautiful talent. And so, um, I went on this, like find my soul, like backpacking trip. And um, I met up with this founder that I really admired. He was the founder or is the founder of BetaList. Um, I always butcher his last name, Mark Kohlberger. He, he ended up becoming one of my best friends, but like, um, but he was amazing. And he had an iPhone, I had an Android and he showed me podcasting. And I was like, oh, like, and he was like, you should, you should check this out, it's great. Not related to my stuff, just in general, you know, you should listen mm-hmm. to this. And, um, I didn't know that I had already been listening to podcasts. There was, um, Justin Jackson who now actually owns transistor.fm. He had a podcast called product people and I would just find it and I would move the files onto my phone. You know, like I didn't think it was a pod. I just, I don't know. I just like listening to this thing. You just grab you know? the
0: files And then, kind of yeah.
1: Yeah, and, the, and there was another one called podcast. So those were my first two. And so, um, and so then, I. I was contracting at this job with a bunch of um, YouTubers um, and I was like, you guys have to like start a podcast with all the YouTubers in our network. Like, like I'm telling you, like podcasting, it's going to be like YouTube and they're like, "No, nah, no." Nah. I'm like, okay. And then I left and then I went off. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast then. And so it was the same concept as my video series, but it mm-hmm. was, um, It was um, audio only, and then I taught myself how to edit and and just audio, which is a lot easier. Well, Respect to all the audio editors out there, just very basic editing, but it's just still easier than basic video editing, you know? Yeah. And I uh, taught myself how to edit. I like one to two hours of an interview would take me something like 40 hours to edit. I was like super new at it, but wow. I got huge compliments from the biggest podcast networks. They're like, we actually hear it. We hear the work you're putting into it. I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And I just went to all the conferences. Um, and everything and and i was just like in love with the art form but it stemmed from my action sports company and this this pure joy of story sharing through through you know media and uh yeah yeah it it would have come from
0: the like doing the interviews as well right when you were kind of like interviewing celebrities you reckon that was kind of linked to it and i don't know know,
1: yeah i'm sure all of all the elements were yeah yeah, you're right like i did interview a lot of people back then. in my sports days as well yeah it was probably like uh like all of it like all of it it's just an art form it, it's amazing and um and i was excited the pain that we experience going through founder and it's a really private pain because publicly we always have to look perfect is so isolating so to think that i could give these companies I interviewed even like an ounce of like an edge because they had an extra piece of publicity or something just just even like an ounce so they didn't have to feel the level of pain that I had to feel and when I went through that journey um I don't know. It really moved me in that way. And so that was the source. And so I started We Are LA Tech. I actually have the hoodie on right now. (laughs) We Are LA Tech uh, podcast. It aired in 2014 and got to the top of Apple within like a month. And then in 2015, I kicked off. um, So I was producing it before that. And then uh, Mm -hmm. it aired in 2014. And then Um, in 2015, um, I kicked off the women in tech podcast. And the reason I did that one was because, um, women in tech groups started to get like really popular. And I was like, that's so cool. It's kind of that same thing as startup school. I'm like, I want to meet other people like me. This is awesome. You know, but then unfortunately, like the majority of conversations in the, the women in tech stuff that are needed, but it was still the mass majority was, how women are held back, how we can't get things, how things are stacked against us. And I actually didn't know because my entire career I had just been going after life. And like my father always just said, go for it. And my mom has always been like, she was like wild in her own way, entrepreneur. So like I have these kind of entrepreneurial driven parents. So I I don't know. I just didn't know anything was like stacked against me. I thought if I just go after it, then who knows what could happen. And so I was really, I was like, if I was exposed to conversations telling me that things aren't possible for me and I'm held back, what if at that point I'd raised money, I'd built this significant company, I'd formed a powerful network. Maybe I wouldn't have done all those things if I thought that I wasn't, allowed or supposed to, or things were, you know? And so I yeah. wanted to create a positive piece of content to just show people what's possible. So to feature these wonderful women around the world and share their stories, how they got to where they are today, because the truth is there's tons of possibilities. I mean, last night, even I was talking to one of my best guy friends, he's, and I agree with this. He said, you know, a lot of times the not just this, but like one of the reasons guys are paid more than women is because women don't ask. He's like always, because we were talking about, I was saying, I was afraid to ask for something. And he was like, you have to ask. He's like you. And then my mom even has said my whole life, if you don't ask, you don't receive, but it's so scary asking. And in general, I think women can be really empathetic. And so we're afraid of like, we're either, we're either thinking about the other person a lot, or like, we're concerned about how we'll be perceived or our feelings, or, I, you know, I don't want to speak for others, myself, I'm concerned about the other person a lot. Like I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, will I will someone not like me or whatever. And so my best friend was like, you got to ask, because that that's one of the reasons why women don't get paid more.
0: And it's, I mean, just having though, like, like building that community and sort of having that voice then and it sort of helps like all these other founders and all these people kind of going through this situation. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just like, I have so many wonderful, like engineers that say, you know, at their jobs, they feel like so alone and they'll put in the women in tech podcast and just listen as they work. So they feel like they're not alone in in what they're creating. And I'm like, that's so cool. Some people will listen to the podcast and like use it as dinner conversation. And just so many cool things around the world. For the We Are LA Tech podcast, people have legit moved to LA to work for the companies they heard on the podcast, which is really? crazy. Yeah, right. people have raised money. I've had people tell me that, like, people in these random countries around the world, you know, or, or random cities that I travel to, like Silicon Valley investors will hear them on the podcast. So they'll be able to raise and to with people they wouldn't have otherwise had access to it's it's amazing what you could do with an art form if you use it with intention
0: yeah yeah and do you do you still love doing it like doing the podcast
1: Ah, oh, such a good question um
0: or depends right it's like anything
1: mm, hmm. okay so i haven't been loving doing it remote Okay. Do I still love doing it? I need to answer this in kind of like a wordy way. In comparison to
0: sort of doing it face-to-face, like which is how it started off, right?
1: I mean, sorry. Okay. I haven't Mm. loved doing it remote. The reason is I would have guests come to my studio because I had a full-time studio. I'd have guests come to my studio and the next guest come and I would then introduce them to one another. And that was one of my favorite parts was the introduction to people meeting one another. So when you're doing remote, you lose that. I'll sometimes have conference calls and I'll make them so close to one another just so I could have the second person that I'm talking to meet the first person. Like I'll still do that. Like, I just, I love that. And so not having the studio during the pandemic, um, that. Um, I also, there's a lot of, you and I were very lucky today. We didn't really have any technical difficulties, but I noticed that there's like the times that there's like somebody's mic doesn't work or there's, I don't know. I feel like this is a rarity that you and I are fine right now. Like it's just always something with technology and like uh, something not working or not hearing or whatever, you know? So that's just, I just want to get into the podcast. I don't want to be tech support, you know. <laughs> and so for myself or for others. And so that's frustrating. Now, I also am in a more introverted chapter of my life. So the physical energy of even if it was in person, which I'm actually um, looking at studios again next week..
0: Nice.
1: Um I don't know. i i I was um experimenting and I quite liked it. Uh, podcasting in the park. I'd find different parks around okay. LA and have my guests meet me there and bring all my equipment. I quite like that. It was really fun. The part that was tough is one, of course, the weather. Um, not so much the am- the background noise because uh, one, I like it and I have gear that's fine, but um, the weather and also just like finding a right spot by the person or maybe getting lost. Like one time I took, someone on a hike by accident you know like I was like oh I thought this was the spot you know (laughs) like so um
0: would they relax more because I've done a few where I've been in like you know if you're if you've done it in like a quiet cafe or something like that or you know there's a little bit of background like music or something not that it's not drowning out but you sort of feel a bit more chilled I'd instead of yeah I think depending how the studio is I guess as well if you've got these like lights on you and
1: yeah. I think it was a more bonding. It's a more bonding experience in person. Um, I quite like doing them in nature, to be honest. It's the logistic part that I'm just like, Yeah. there's something also just really nice, like in general in my life right now. Okay. I'm not a very structured person, but I think structure is really important, like a certain level of structure. So right now I wake up whenever i want to wake up. so i sleep as much as my body needs and i'm a person who used to sleep 4 to 6 hours now i sleep um i aim for between 7 to 9 hours usually pushing towards 9 hours which is crazy, you know? but i'm i'm really leaning in. and then i wake up when i wake up and i go boxing. and then i did it. and then i did it. and having that kind of like loose structure to my life is i think very healthy and really mm. energizing. so the podcasting in the park, because the location would continuously change or, you know, I, I just think it would be good to have a studio because then it's like, okay, on Thursdays, here's where I'm going. And then it's done. And my editor knows how many, like he's get episodes he's getting. And and, yeah, so I think, so yeah, going back to your original question, do I still like it? I am re like recommitting and recreating my relationship with it i've been doing it almost you know going going on 10 years i think what is it eight years now it's Mm -hmm. it's a long time several hundred interviews like i am yeah it's not it's not what it was but it but i want to reinvent it in something that feels very vibrant for me and who i am today is different than who i was then so i this yeah. is all the reason why i deleted social media and why i'm being quiet because this is what i'm processing like who am i today what's authentic to me who do i really want to be what what are really my dreams how am i holding myself back what stories am i telling myself that no longer serve me you know i'm just taking time to like process all those thoughts yeah yeah
0: That's cool. And you kind of then, I don't know, almost you give yourself permission to kind of to evolve with it. Right. And that's what Mm -hmm. it should be instead of kind of thinking like, Oh, this is pigeonholing yourself. This is what it should be. Or I don't know. Yeah. So
1: go go with your
0: gut, maybe, you know,
1: totally. Also like, where does it fit in my ecosystem? Like my main way I make money from the podcast is sponsors and I don't, enjoy the business model of sponsorship but there's like a lot of sponsorship money in podcasting but i don't enjoy i li- i feel like an account manager like i i don't enjoy the business model of sponsorship i love the business model of membership i yeah. don't enjoy the business model of contributions podcasts are usually funded by either contributions or sponsors not typically members so if it is membership what am i offering members that i feel proud of all these things right so yeah. i'm i'm full on experimenting um if the podcast becomes something that is not directly related to bringing in income then where does it fit in my ecosystem why is it important to me and revisiting all of that and so Um, and, and where are my blocks that I feel like something's not possible? Like right now I feel a lot of block on this membership thing, but it's what, Mm -hmm. like, if I, if my podcast could have a membership business model in a way that I felt really proud of, that would be the dream. But I feel like, ah, I I just don't know. I don't know. I was like, okay, stop. Just what if it were possible? Like, let's just start to like, you know, create, let's just be creative. Um, no, 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 I've been i'm I still like you have to know what to offer, and the things that people typically offer are usually like info related stuff, which I don't feel good mm-hmm. about. So like yeah. I'm trying i I've had my um I have a membership model within my company, which is um access to experiences. so I create like a ton of experiences people pay a quarterly membership. but I'm talking about directly for the podcast, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be like an info creator. So I I just like I don't know. Like if you're not selling info, then what are you selling? I don't know have that answer. But it needs to be something I am enthusiastically proud of. I just and some people have given me the advice, you know, not everything you have to feel so like passionate about. And I'm processing that. Is that true for me? Is that not? I I think like I think I'm a, a really passionate person and I don't think I can operate unless I'm really, really enthusi- enthusiastically proud of what I'm creating. Like I, I'm yeah. such a, I'm such a person of service, you know? So, yeah. So I don't have an answer yet, but that, you know, that would be great. It would be great if I, if my full-time life was writing these books that were like, such a glorious impact. If my podcast were fully funded by a membership model that I felt really proud of and that I had an amazing, amazing teammate to help me set up these um, experiences, these in-person experiences that I create so I don't have to do all the setup myself so they could just operate and and it could just grow beautifully and harmonically. And um, yeah, that would be the dream. And so I have a lot of blocks on all three of those.
0: And what are the experiences?
1: Oh, my gosh. See, it's the one area where I'm insanely proud of. First of all, anybody who has been part of my – and this isn't pompous. This is so legit. Anybody who has been part of my experiences has been so lucky. Like, first of all, I undercharge and overdeliver beyond, like, to infinity. Um, I don't want to keep undercharging. (laughs) I'm trying to change that. (laughs) but they're insane. I have taken people, race car driving, skydiving. Um, I, I created, a, a a a, we are LA tech wonderland, which is, is the sorry, artistic nice. sensory overload, um, wine and paint nights and, uh, Hawaiian luau's. And I mean, I just, I took people uh, on a lake resort retreat. Uh, like, I mean, it's just, I, I like they they are the most connective, unbelievable, introvert, comfortable experiences. And you just have the most magical connections. And so essentially I charge a You have to go through a culture fit call with me. And I have a culture fit okay. call. And then I limit the capacity so that everything is between um eight to fifteen people. So it feels really comfortable and intimate. And then um And then members apply or, or potential members apply. They have the culture fit call with me. And then if there's capacity and they're the right fit then they make it in, they pay a quarterly membership and then they, um, and then they have access to these experiences and man, they're, they're amazing. Yeah.
0: They sound great. Is that just in LA or are you doing them outside? Yeah.
1: I mean, it used the, 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 the vision and so, okay, caveat the vision used to be, and there's something I'd like to say about vision, but the vision used to be like, okay, I'm going to use LA as, I'm from LA and I'm going to use LA as um, a proving point. And then as long as I have a proof of concept in LA, then I'll expand it. Um okay. The initial idea was social media. This is even years ago. Social media took away from connection. And so I wanted to rebuild the fabric of of genuine connection. And te- the tech industry is such an um, a viral, impactful industry. And we usually set trends. It's, it's like the tech industry is what gave this rebirth to even podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And so if um, I successfully create these... Um, Connective experiences then other categories, other industries, real estate, et cetera, so forth. Will then also create connective experiences, and then we'll start to rebuild the the, the intricacies of genuinely being kind and loving to one another. Um, that was my big vision. What I'd like to say about visions is I will never feel so strongly about a vision as I did with with Zex Sports, my old sports company. I um, I lost myself in that company. I lost who I, who I was in as an individual, my identity was my brand and I didn't know who I was without it. And it, it led to uh, a lot of sad chapters in my life after. And so um, I never want to be that attached to a vision ever again um, because it's not healthy. And, and I did it once and it was really cool to do it the one time, but now it's yeah. more like, Like, does that vision suit what's good for me as an individual? And so, right now, what suits, what's good for me as an individual, is just doing LA. If I Mm -hmm. build it, and it seems like, oh, I would like to do another city, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I need to make sure I'm okay first. Like, yeah, I'm more important than the company. Me being okay. So, um, so yeah, that could potentially be a vision again, but I'm not attached to it. Like, I really. I and I'm also not attached to continuing to do these experiences if if it burns me out. Like it needs yeah. to make sense holistically so that I'm well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're amazing.
0: It's it sounds like there should be a book coming up.
1: Know, book. there should be a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm
0: I'm gonna be emailing you like constantly. Like, come on, it's free. Oh, gosh. Get the book out. <laughs>
1: my book is about actually um how to build community and my mentor, um, Matt Trinetti, if I'm not butchering his last name, um, he's the co-founder of London Writers Salon. When I first wrote the draft of my book, I was like really angry at my book. And um, because in consequence of writing my book, uh, sorry, in consequence of doing what I've done in my career, I've gained thought leadership and status and all these things, but it was, I've never sought out for any of that. Uh, I've just been an artist exploring my curiosity and things happened, but, you know, like becoming the face of clubhouse and these like crazy things, you know? Um, But, um, but yeah, it was never my driver. And so when I, when I wrote the draft of my book, I thought that I had to write it for people who wanted to gain thought leadership because that's like the thing, thought leadership, how do I gain thought leadership, you know? And so I write this book and even in the first few pages it was like, if you're a person who just wants this to like for your own ego, just give the book to someone else. Like I was already angry at the audience, you know, and so I was talking to Matt and he's like, well, what if the audience is not that what if the audience is community builders? I'm like, but they don't need my book. They already know how to build community. And he said, he said, "What?" not necessarily just because someone has the heart to build community doesn't mean they have the guide to know how to do so. I'm like, "Ah, that never even occurred to me. I just figured if, if you wanted to build community, you'd know how to build community. And so when I switched it to the people I truly wanted to serve, people like me that were heart driven people that just wanted to produce kindness into the world, then I felt like, okay. And so now I feel really good about my audience. I feel really good about like the ethos of the book, but the content is just like bothering me. Like, I just don't think it's enough. I don't think it's impactful enough. I don't think it's written clearly enough. It just needs a lot of improvement, but it's essentially taking everyone through my, I have a very specific way in how I produce these extraordinary, um, experiences in person Mm -hmm. and I've done it virtually too, but I particularly like in person and, um, and if you miss any step, you you hundred percent get a different outcome because I've tested it. So it's taking everybody through my exact steps on how I curate these experiences, so they could create that as well. That's
0: cool. And yeah. then all the obviously all the all the stories kind of behind that, and
1: yeah, and that's yeah. the hard part. It's like so many years. It's like trying to remember all these stories is, is very. Ch- I wish I just journaled more through and through, you know, but I didn't.
0: Yeah. But are they like? Are they sort of coming back as your? As you're writing more, do you reckon?
1: No, I wish. You know, I've I've done. I've do, I've executed so much in my life. I've done so much in my life. That that is great, and it's bad because when you don't take any time at all to be slow, it means you yeah. never process anything. You're just constantly starting something. New, new, new. And so it messes with your memory because I never allowed space to just process what I had just done. And uh, that's why I'm like really cherishing learning how to go slow and be quiet. It's just this processing is a brilliant experience. It's awesome, you know. And yeah, so my my memory, no, because it was everything has been so fast, like the fastest yeah. roller coaster ride ever for years.
0: And then combining that with obviously, like when you were saying, like with the sleep, right? Um, I don't know. I've been yeah. doing like listening yeah. to quite a bit and and like reading on just just the importance of that. And yeah, yeah, true. it's true. Sort of, what more I right, have,
1: yeah, what I have been doing is kind of like a hack. Is I've been interviewing my members on their stories and then uh, and recording them on a private line and then transcribing them and and so that's how that's my work around.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Before we go, I don't know if we're going yet, but before we go, there is something (laughs) super random I wanted to share, Um, but I don't want to go. If you, if we're not done, wait, can I share this random thing? Um, It has nothing to do with your show or with my life, but I just have to, okay. I'm like, I just found the most amazing musician on the face of the planet. I don't know if you read my LinkedIn post about it. But this musician named Ren, I feel like the entire world, speaking of being slow and taking care of self, the entire world needs to know he exists. He's an indie musician. I am not like over-exaggerating when I say you'll be captivated no matter who you are when you watch this video. There's a, a YouTube video called Hi, Ren. It just came out a few weeks ago. And it's about... Every founder would be like, yes, it's about like, I don't know if the right word is dichotomy. Like it's, it's him. And then his inner voice talking to one another and it's done in the most, you know, the inner voice critic and it's yeah. done in the most engaging magnetic way. And all of his songs are so profound. I've listened to every single one of his songs now. There's not one song I I don't like. His range is insane. So I just wanted to give a shout out to this musician that I don't know that I'm extremely impacted by, um, name Ren, R E N. Like, I just hope even one listener on your podcast goes and types in "Hi Ren to YouTube to see what I mean.
0: Yeah. Cool. i will go check it out.
1: Yeah. Hope that's okay that I shared, but it's pretty, it's a yeah, pretty uh, rad song. <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: one. Yeah. And if, if people, yeah, if, if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way?
1: I'm at Esprit Devora on all social, but of course I'm not on yeah. social right now. De- I'm I have my LinkedIn right now, so follow me on social because I will be back. Um, definitely, like say hey on LinkedIn. Um, I've been practicing my writing on LinkedIn, so if you read my writing, I would love to hear what you think. Um, I've been writing multiple times a week, and it's just whatever is authentic to me. And I- I've been really um pushing myself to let go of any relationship with the algorithm which is extremely challenging for my ego but um but yeah I'm really proud of what I've been writing cool yeah
0: well good yeah well Spree yeah thanks for coming on the show it's been epic having you on and yeah hearing hearing all the stories and uh yeah it's good like uh awesome advice as well for for slowing down and yeah, everyone out there listening and watching, I think that's kind of like, especially at these times, it's, it's important to to do and um, just to to soak it all in, right?
1: Yeah, so. thank you for having me. Can I ask you one question before we go? Yeah, what what is uh, you've you've maybe talked about this in past episodes? What is your why for rad?
0: Um, so the initial. The initial reason for starting it was to basically – it was an events platform. So to, to have an, a place where there was – people could find out about the coolest events around the world. So whether it was action sports, music festivals, we got some crazy, like, food fight festivals and just whatever I thought was rad and I wanted to go yeah. to. It was it was pretty selfish kind of thing, yeah. but yeah. I was like, I want to go there and check it out. That was the reason. And then – with the pod it was sort of similar i mean there's so many people that are kind of doing amazing things that i thought was like really like interesting within not just in the actual sports game com- community but sort of like you know outside that as well um, and yeah. like le- like learning from them so yeah that and was what, kind of like what, what, what's their story and then yeah that was it
1: what's been um What's your favorite part of your life right now
0: um uh fa well do, do i just do i have to pick one or can no I you can, you <laughs>
1: can, you can pick multiple i love that
0: uh definitely family and uh the fact that I can still do well i'm i'm a keen surfer so like i can i get the opportunity to do that where I live in Portugal.
1: yeah it's,
0: yeah like massive it's kind of controlled every major decision in my life since I was like 18 so it made me move to Australia maybe made me, maybe me move to Portugal with the family and then now most recently is um is speaking and like doing doing this and I don't know I just started commentating on events and um yeah which is wild it's like That's a sort so of cool. like podcast but for 10 hours straight
1: that's it's so crazy. cool Thank the
0: you is crazy that. um yeah so that's been super fun and it's something that I think like I, I used to stutter as a kid so like and I, I still do a bit now occasionally like on on the podcast So I think like having having the confidence to do it now and sort of like something I wish I did 20 years ago yeah but, I don't know. You're never too late to learn anything, I guess, right?
1: So. That's so cool. Well, I've loved being on your show. I'm so grateful that you'd have me. And to all of your listeners listening right now, just remember, like, as you go through your journey, your intuition is your oracle. This world is just a bunch of energy and we can create whatever we want to create, even if it feels absolutely impossible.
0: Okay. Thanks, Esri. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I've recently set up a new website called ollyrussellcowen.com. You can find all the information about the Rad Season show as well as previous episodes on there and what events I have coming up that I'm going to be speaking at. You can follow me on Instagram at Cowan, And if you want to get in contact, feel free to drop me an email on olly at Until next time, thanks for listening.